With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Before we bring in Mike Florio, who will join us from Canton, it's a Hall of Fame weekend there. Football coming up tonight. Jags and the Raiders. Okay. According to DraftKings, over under for wins this year for the Jags is what, Todd? Four and a half. No. Seton. You said for the Jags? Jags. Uh. Seven and a half. All right. Marv. Three and a half. Paulie. Five and a half. Six and a half. Whoa. Six and a half. Fourth place. Okay. Uh, Everybody's falling in love with the Raiders. You know, ESPN spent 24 hours talking about the Raiders last week. According to DraftKings, over under win total, people talking about the Raiders maybe winning this division. Todd. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Seton. Nine and a half. Marv. Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Pulling? Tough division. Ten games. Eight and a half. That, that's lower than... Yeah. They won ten last year. With eight, all that mess? I got over, under, eight and a half. With Devontae Adams? I don't understand that. They're just begging you to take the over on that one. <laughs> They're just begging you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, is there a betting line tonight? I used to bet on preseason games. Oh, no. <laughs> that is a – that's dark. Oh that's when I knew I had a problem. I used to bet on preseason games. And then you're like, uh, anybody good playing in this game? Yeah, Paul, is it like one point? I got the Raiders given two and a half. Two and a half. And I'm, over under 30 and a half. I'm jumping all over. Let's go. 
Oh, the over under is 30 and a half? Preseason, don't, they don't score a lot. Oh, 17 14 final. Yeah. Okay. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Um, one other thing here. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I was keeping an eye on the Big Ten media rights, TV rights. The current media rights deal expires after the 2023 season. So that's when you have USC, UCLA, they'll make the jump on basically this day in 2024. I said, keep an eye on what's going on with NBC and Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. It looks like that is at least a strong possibility, according to a couple of media reports here. I'll have more on this. I got, I got to check with my source who was the first to tell me about this. But there could be, and here's, here's what I'm told. Here's the headline. NBC could make the Big Ten the NFL of college football conferences. Now, i got to get a hold of a source here, but I want to bring in Mike Florio, kind enough to join us. From Canton, Ohio, we got the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, Mike, I was thinking about a year ago at this time, John Gruden and the Raiders. You had Urban Meyer, you know, know, back to coaching. You got Trevor Lawrence. Both coaches are gone, and here we are at the Hall of Fame. Uh, How would you – if I would have told you a year ago, hey, you know, which coach won't be with their team this year out of those two, you would have said who? Oh, it would have been Meyer because John Gruden was going to be the coach of the Raiders for as long as he wanted to. Mark Davis was never going to fire John Gruden. He had three straight years of Mm -hmm. no playoff appearances, and he was under no scrutiny whatsoever. They were buddies. It wasn't going to happen. It took this other outside issue to force Mark Davis's hand. And frankly, I think one of the reasons why the Gruden emails got leaked was because if they hadn't been leaked, Davis quite possibly would have found a way to say, hey, he wasn't working for us at the time. It's irrelevant to us. He's going to continue to be a member of our organization. So it would have been Meyer because we've seen other college coaches flame out. None quite so dramatically and entertainingly as Urban Meyer. Yeah, you start to look at this and then, you know, Trevor, I think, gets a whole pass because when you're 22 and you're the grown up in the room, we're asking an awful lot of him. Uh, they brought in players this year. I Are you surprised that the over-under is eight and a half wins for the Raiders? What am I missing? Well, they're in the AFC West, yeah. so they've got two games against the Chiefs, two games against the Chargers, two games against the Broncos, and you've got kind of a weird spot for this team. They made it to the playoffs last year. They worked their way through that dysfunction. They almost beat the Bengals in the wild card round. There was that screwy call on the touchdown pass to T. Higgins, and then the Raiders were driving late, and they they were better than anyone thought last year. But yeah. now you have a regime change. How, how often do you see a playoff team have a full regime change, new GM, new head coach, new defensive scheme, new faces, and a very competitive division? in a very competitive conference. And I think it is going to be, they could be a better team than last year and go eight and nine. So it really doesn't surprise me. All right. You're in Canton. And so you're in the shadow of Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns. What is the feeling? Do you get a sense of what Browns fans think will happen with Deshaun Watson? Well, it's been a roller coaster this week for Browns fans because they went from feeling relief on Monday when the decision from Judge Sue L. Robinson was that Watson should be suspended six games to now this sense of foreboding that 
because the NFL has exercised its right to appeal the decision to the NFL itself, and the NFL still clearly wants to impose a significant punishment on Deshaun Watson, and the game is rigged. I mean, the union agreed to it. This is the bottom line. It doesn't matter who makes the first decision. What matters is who makes the second decision. And Judge Robinson gave the NFL everything it needs from a factual standpoint. Her most important aspect of her decision were her factual findings because those are binding on appeal. And she found that he did it. She found that he violated the personal conduct policy in three different ways. She called it nonviolent sexual assault for victims that had their evidence presented in this process. And now the commissioner can do whatever he wants or the designee can do whatever he or she wants. And remember this too, Dan, because it, it really didn't jump off the page. The judge basically found that Deshaun Watson lied. And that is not going to go over well with 345 Park Avenue when you are in a setting like this and you're not telling the truth. This is your chance to come clean and get a lesser punishment. If you don't come clean, the punishment is not going to be reduced. Uh, I think you said that you think the NFL is going to drop the hammer. And this is I think be- they are. Before- I think it's going to be sus- yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be full year. Okay. Now, if you're let's say in your lawyer, if you're with Deshaun Watson, what do you do now, today, that maybe can help circumvent or mitigate uh, a year-long suspension? Well, I mean, today, short-term, what I would try to do is convince the commissioner to exercise his ability to designate someone else and hope that that someone else can be prevailed upon. Because if it's ultimately the commissioner handling the appeal, why would it be less than a year. If the employees who ultimately report to the commissioner have been consistently asking for one year, I assume they got their directive somehow, some way from the top of the organization. So if the guy sitting at the top of the organization who has previously said, yeah, go try to get a year. Yeah, ask for a year. If he's the one making the decision, it's more likely to be a year. So I would try to craft a letter or do something to try to try to shame him into handing it to someone else who may be (laughs) slightly less biased, not as close to the action, maybe somebody who hasn't been involved in making decisions about the league's approach to this. That's all you can do for now. Otherwise, it's sit back and wait. All right, football-wise, the Cleveland Browns, will they be content with Jacoby Brissett as opposed to maybe trying to go out and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if Deshaun's down for a year? Well, that's a great point, Dan, because earlier this week, the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, was asked about whether or not they have multiple plans based upon what the ultimate decision is. And he said they do. And I thought all along, okay, Brissett makes sense if it's six games. If it's full season, that changes your analysis. And I think they are sort of in the we'll cross that bridge when we come to it mode. But if they do find themselves in a spot where Watson is out for the year and there's nothing they can do about it, how do you not consider what would be a win-win? Garoppolo gets a year to come in and play. He can reestablish his career and then go off somewhere else as a free agent next year when Watson comes back. The, the, only, the only hitch is this. They got a fifth-round pick for Baker Mayfield that can become a fourth-round pick, and they're paying $10.5 million of his salary when they unloaded him to the Panthers. I don't think they want to get hijacked by the 49ers. And the best timeline for the Browns would be they don't find out that Watson's out for the year until after the 49ers 
cut Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think the plane's going to land that way. I think the Browns are going to know if they lose him for the full year while the 49ers still have Garoppolo under contract unless they trade him to somebody else, and then that ends the whole question. Give the audience an idea of how long this appeal is going to take, that when would a ruling happen with the commissioner? Tomorrow is the deadline for the union to submit its paperwork in response to what was submitted yesterday by the league. There's no hearing on appeal. There's no new evidence. The evidence is already done, and it's favorable to the NFL. The CBA and the personal conduct policy require an expedited process, but it doesn't say three days, five days, whatever, just expedited, like hurry it up. And it makes sense because people need to make plans. The Browns need to make a plan. People need to know what's going on. And there's still that possibility, Dan, of the NFLPA doing what it did for Tom Brady, doing what it did for Ezekiel Elliott, going to court to fight this, and along the way trying to get a temporary injunction aimed at allowing Deshaun Watson to play while this all works out. But if that happens, because a big misconception about this, he won't play week one because his six-game suspension isn't being challenged. Unless the NFLPA decides to challenge that, and they've already said they won't, this is about week seven, not about week one. No, that's a great point. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, and his book Playmakers, how the uh, NFL really works and doesn't, available online wherever books are sold, a best-selling book. Uh, Help me understand what happened with the Dolphins and Stephen Ross and why Tom Brady and his agent weren't punished at all with the tampering. Well, typically when it comes to tampering, it's only the teams that are potentially in trouble if they are speaking to people when they shouldn't. There's never been punishment for those who are tampered with. Players, it would have to be part of the NFLPA bargaining process. And it's never been a crime under the league's rules to be the one who's tampered with. So even though Brady, for four straight calendar years, was tampered with by the Dolphins. And Dan, listen, the Buccaneers tampered with him in 2020. (laughs) Other teams tampered with him. And I mean, everybody was tampering. The Patriots didn't care. They didn't want to have an ugly divorce with Tom Brady. They knew he was leaving. They weren't going to, to be sticklers for the rules there. But it was so blatant, it was so bad, the NFL had to do something. You throw Peyton on top of it, Sean Peyton, the former coach of the Saints, talking to him before he even resigned as coach of the Saints. So they had to do something. And my theory on that too, Dan, They wanted to get Stephen Ross for tanking, but they knew they couldn't because that opens other cans of worms they don't want to get into. So they got him for something. And the tampering was so blatant, they couldn't look away, and they punished him. And even when you look at what they did, the punishment really wasn't that bad when you consider how severe the tampering was and how long it lasted. This is like Al Capone and income tax evasion. I mean, that, that's really, if I, when I read this and the commissioner's tone with the Dolphins, they were tanking. It, it's semantics and how, you know, and, and I agree with you. Gosh, if I open up that can and we now have people doubting the integrity of the game and the bottom line of winning games and gambling, I can't allow that to happen. It's almost like, let me shift this over here to tampering. And, I, you know, we're not going to, you know, I'm going to be railing on this. Meanwhile, over here, this is about tanking. This is purposely trying to lose games, to better your draft selection. Plain and simple. He said it. They found that on numerous (laughs) occasions, the owner of the team said that he believed it was better to improve draft standing in 2020 
than to win games in 2019. And the only thing that saved him is Brian Flores said, I'm not going to do that. He made his belief clear. That's why he fell out of favor with Stephen Ross, because he refused to go along. Dan, one of the benefits of being a multi-billionaire is you never have to order a code red. All you have to say is, gee, you know, I'd really like to have a calzone for lunch, and you're going to have a calzone <laughs> for lunch. You don't have to tell anybody to go get it. It's going to show up. That's one of the benefits of being that rich. So he did everything that he could do to get the people who worked for him to do what he wanted. He wanted Joe Burrow. He wanted Joe Burrow badly. Mm. And the people who worked for him, specifically Brian Flores, didn't go along with it. And what a shock. He ends up firing Brian Flores. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Have fun there in Canton. Thanks, Dan. That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live, the show that precedes ours on Peacock. Yeah, I still think the Dolphins and their owner, Stephen Ross, got off easy. Yeah, it's $1.5 million. You can't be around your team uh, for, what, six games, and we're going to take away a couple of draft picks. Now, the first-round draft pick, okay, that's a big deal, but what you're accused of doing and what I think you did, you should lose your team. You know, it's one of those when the boss says something and, you know, it, it's not like you go, I, I think he's joking. I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, if somebody, let's say the boss goes, you know, it'd certainly be nice if we had uh, more flowers in the building. He's not ordering anybody, but he is, and I'm going to guess pretty soon after that, you'd have a lot of flowers in the building. Hey, I'd like to have a better draft selection here. Oh, I'm not telling anybody to do anything nefarious here. No tanking or anything. I'd just like to have a... We would do better with a higher draft pick. You know, I really, really, really like Joe Burrow. Yeah, but we won't get him unless we lose some games. And? <laughs> yes, Paulie. But, but look at the fallout of all these decisions. Brian Flores does not tank, and they win their last two games in 2019. They don't get the number one pick of the draft. I know. Brian Flores sues... And because of that, you you know, if they were going to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton, the lawsuit canceled that. Not only that, so you lose both Tom Brady, the option of getting him, the option of drafting Joe Burrow, and you lose a first-round draft pick and a third-round draft pick for your actions. And you don't get Sean Payton. And you have a Tua who's questionable. And Yes, Todd. Should or would the NFL ever change the draft system a la the NBA, where you don't automatically get the first pick because you had the worst team as far as fighting the whole tanking thing? I still think that you should have the two worst teams play one another. And you have that to start the playoffs. So you just have the draft bowl. Then the team that wins gets the number one overall pick. How about that? Yeah, Paul. And Trevor Lawrence is standing at the 50-yard line doing the coin flip. <laughs> Whoever the prospective... Yeah, the number one quarterback. quarterback C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Welcome. Yes, Marv. They should play the game in London, too. <laughs> they won't know the difference. <laughs> they don't know if they're winners or losers. Yeah. yeah, it'd be the Jaguars over there again. They're always over there. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yes, Eaton. Did you see now, like with all the fallout from the Dolphins that they, you know, Tom Brady was leaving the Patriots and the Dolphins at the, uh, they're saying the Dolphins at the last minute were like pulled out and, and didn't want Tom Brady yeah. anymore and instead stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick and that that's the person oh. that people are pointing to when Tom Brady was on You're LeBron's stay with, show. Yeah. You're picking that, Emmer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and oh. that when he had that whole thing about, like, I wasn't going to your team anyway, but now that I know you're sticking with that guy, now I got a problem. <laughs> oh, this, that it was Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. That's who he was talking about. Because everybody thought it was the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then everybody kept saying after that, no, no, they have the same agent. Tom wouldn't do that to him. Right, And I'm thinking, right. well, he was going to the Bears. He wanted to go there. Is that who? <laughs> Maybe it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The truly brilliant all-electric EQE SUV from Mercedes-Benz features some of the smartest tech ever to grace four wheels. With Dynamic Select, you can fine-tune hundreds of vehicle settings to precisely match your driving style. And available in off-road mode, transparent hood lets you see through the sheet metal to steer clear of bumps and potholes directly beneath you. How about that? A 360 array of cameras and sensors constantly alerting you for danger, while 64-color ambient lighting lets you fully customize the ambiance inside the spacious cabin. The EQE SUV is so smart, even the headlights are thinking. Optional digital light technology projects navigation markings and warnings on the road ahead as you drive. The vehicle's all-electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Test drive the EQE SUV. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQE SUV. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. 
Jason Garrett, former head coach of the Cowboys, now working for Football Night in America. He is uh, working tonight. Jags and the Raiders, the Hall of Fame game. Coverage begins a special edition of Football Night in America at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. And uh, Jason, kind enough to join us. Uh, Give me the uh, level of nerves of going into a broadcast as opposed to going into a game as a head coach in the NFL. Hey, Dan, it's great to be with you. You're a legend. You know that, right? Thank you, Jason. <laughs> uh, you know, I would say the biggest thing for me is it's I haven't done it before. You know, I played football for a long time. I coached football for a long time. You get into new experiences and different environments in football, but you have something to kind of fall back on, a lot of experience. This is new. I ended up doing uh, eight USFL games in the spring for NBC, and I really enjoyed that experience. And I felt like every week I got more and more comfortable. I worked with Jack Collinsworth. He was incredible. And and I learned a lot through that experience. So this will be new. This will be different. But I'm excited about the opportunity. And I look at both of these teams. A year ago, John Gruden is there. A year ago, Urban Meyer is there. If you're going to handicap these two teams, because a lot of people love the Raiders this year. feels like they're the darlings in the AFC West with who they brought in. So let's start there. How promising do the Raiders look in your opinion? Well, I think you can't forget about the Raiders. They won 10 games last year. And and one of the best coaching jobs done in the NFL last year was by Rich Passaccia. He did an outstanding job as the interim head coach out there with all the things that were going on in that organization to keep everybody together. Uh, They won four games down the stretch. They lost a close playoff game in Cincinnati. And there are a lot of really good pieces there. Obviously, Josh McDaniels comes in now, his second opportunity as a head coach. uh, Well-documented that he feels like he learned from the first experience and he's going to go about it maybe a different way this time. But he has to be excited about the pieces he has in place, how they played on offense, the guys they have. They add Devontae Adams. So I think there's a lot of stuff to be excited about there with his second opportunity. In regards to Jacksonville, I think more than anything else, they just need to right the ship. Uh, They haven't been good for a long, long time. And uh, a lot of single-digit win seasons, a lot of two, four, six win seasons over the last few years. Uh, Last year was a real challenge for everybody. So now Doug Peterson gets his second chance, and he obviously has a winning pedigree won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. He's going to go try to put his program in place down there. And and maybe more than anything else, culture is an overused word, but he's got to get the culture right. And he's got to bring the right people in. That's where culture starts. He understands how to do that. He started that process. And they just have to be patient there. They can't take any shortcuts. They have a marquee quarterback, potentially great player in Trevor Lawrence. They got to create a good environment for him. So I see these two teams being at different fate, di- different stages in their development. A 10-win team, a playoff team last year with a new regime, and then a team that hasn't been good for a long time. So they'll approach it a little bit differently, I think. I was wondering your take, obviously, with uh, what the Browns are dealing with with Deshaun Watson. You dealt with some high-profile cases, Greg Hardy, Zeke Elliott, when you were with the Cowboys. What is the role of the coach in a situation like that where – you don't know when you get them or what the punishment's going to be. I think the biggest thing you try to do as a head coach in 2022 uh, and, and probably really any time is, is, is try to keep your team focused on the things they can control. Again, sounds like a cliche, sounds like coach speak, but it's so true. There's so much distraction 
in the world. And when you have those situations on your team, sometimes your guys can get distracted. They can kind of take their eye off the ball of what they need to do each day to be a great player and to have a great team. So you're constantly trying to reinforce that message. These are the things we can control. We can't control those other things. Don't worry about those things. Next man up mentality, again, another cliche, but it's real. Uh, some of these situations provide opportunity for someone to step in and get a chance to play. You have to encourage those guys to take advantage of those opportunities. So it's more about, hey, let's not get distracted by this. Let's focus on what we need to do to be our best. How would you describe the pressure of being the Cowboys head coach? Obviously, it's a, it's a marquee position. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, everyone talks about the Yankee shortstop, the Cowboy quarterback. The Cowboy coach is the same kind of a position. Everything is highly scrutinized. Uh, when you have success, maybe you didn't win enough. When you have some adversity, you know, there's just a lot of attention that comes with it. Uh, but, but I never worked a day in my life in Dallas. I absolutely loved it. I embraced every minute of it. When we had success, certainly that was fun. When we had some adversity. Hey, you're trying to build something you're trying to build something great with the people you love and care about. So that's kind of how I viewed it, and, uh, and I embraced it. Some of those things, as they say, they come with the dinner. Uh, but, but, but again, uh, you embrace those opportunities. It was a fun experience for Okay, me. now you got to get rid of that description. You can't use that in your playbook here because the media is going to take what you just said. Hey, I never worked a day when I was with the Cowboys. They're going to take that, then they're going to twist it and be like, Garrett didn't put in enough time as the Cowboys head coach. Just, just saying, this is how these things work. They're going to pull that quote, Jace. Yeah, well, I trust your journalistic integrity. Oh, it's not me. You don't have to worry about me. You know, it's these other guys in the media. Do you do a Jerry Jones impersonation? I don't. But, you know, just to follow up. <laughs> well, Come on. You do a Jerry Jones. He can't fire you now. Yeah. Uh, just to follow up on that other thought. <laughs> and then we'll get back to the Jerry Jones impersonation. Yeah, just to put a button on it. You know, when you're in those situations, you know, we used to talk to our players about this all the time. Ever since we were this high, we wanted to play and coach in the NFL. And you have these opportunities to do that. Don't get distracted by all the other stuff. Focus on what you love to do. And, and, and when, you know, if you do what you love and and you love what you do. You never work a day in your life. And that's something I really believe in. And that's something I was fortunate enough to do in Dallas for a long time. You have one Super Bowl ring? Or two? I have three, I have three oh, as a player. Oh, three. When do you bring them out? Oh, I don't bring them out. I, I rarely do. I was a bit player on some great teams. And, <laughs> and uh, again, those were amazing experiences to be a part of. Okay. But they're still yours. I mean, they sure are. Yeah, Absolutely. but but so you don't wear them out. You would never do this like first night football night in America. You know, you Rodney, know, Rodney, around, and Tony. They sometimes bring out their hardware. Yeah, I was around some amazing players in Dallas for years, <laughs> and they always had a, an, a, an incredible ability to go into a restaurant and they do this <laughs> with the Super Bowl ring on. Hey, you know, I was looking for a table. <laughs> I was thinking about getting an upgrade to first class. So. <laughs> I maintain, though, Jason, that the NFL should come out with a ring that's really gaudy, but then a ring that you can wear out. It's, it's like your wife with an engagement ring or something that's a little bit simpler, nicer, that you can wear out and not feel like, 
Like a, a class ring, you know, in the old days. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good idea. You know, when we got those in, in the 90s, we thought they were the biggest things ever. <laughs> the 92 Super Bowl ring was incredible. Then, hey, you know, the next year it was so much bigger, 95 bigger than that. I mean, th- those are like pinky rings compared to the, the rings these days. So uh, I think your point's well made. <laughs> what is it like, though, when you're on the sidelines, when you're watching Troy Aikman. So being a quarterback, but watching him in the biggest game, games of his career, because I've stood on the sidelines and I've watched these guys perform, but I didn't play the position. And it's such a different game when you're on the sidelines watching this in real, real speed and you hear everything and those hits are louder and all of that. But when you're watching Troy, what's that feeling like on the sidelines? Well, I did play the position, and the position was always very hard for me to play. And, and, and when I watched Troy play, he just made the whole thing look so easy. And uh, he had such great physical ability, uh, but he also had these amazing instincts and this mental and physical toughness and all these intangibles that were just so rare. And, uh, and he was always so prepared. He just seemed to handle every situation so well. So uh, I, I always had great admiration for him. We played together for eight years, and he's a dear friend of mine. So I was always pulling like hell for him. I'll give you a quick story. Uh, <laughs> he retires in 2000. I go to New York and play for four more years as a backup. So it's the early 2000s, and I'm actually visiting him out in, in uh, Santa Barbara, California, before training camp. He's a broadcaster. I'm a, I'm a quarterback in the NFL. And we go work out together. He's probably, you know, he's in his mid-30s. And so we go lift and we go run and we're going to throw. And so I've been in off-season program. I'm in shape. I'm doing the whole thing. He hasn't thrown a ball in a year and a half. And so he's catching for me. And I'm dropping back and it's all I can do to get the ball to him and the whole deal. And he's taking the ball and throwing it back to me like it's nothing. And I'm like, I think the role should be reversed here. <laughs> How do you explain Brady at 45? I can't explain him. I, I, I can't begin to explain him. Uh, the year that he had last year, what he's done the last couple of years, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's mind-boggling. Physically, he looks as good now as he did 20 years ago. He moves as well. He probably throws it way better. Obviously, his understanding is off the charts. But 45 years old, the guys coming out are 20 and 21, and they're quick and fast and explosive. And he continues to do this. It's impossible to understand. I think we all need to get on that avocado diet because uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's something else. And you know, I've said this. I've said this publicly. He's the greatest football player that ever played. And it's hard to even begin to make an argument about anybody else. Just his production over time and what he's done. You know, he was in New England and they were a championship team. Tampa Bay won seven games the year before. He goes to Tampa, they win the Super Bowl. New England wins seven games. So it's like, you know, his his impact obviously is significant. He's made a lot of players around him uh, have a lot of success through the years and certainly a lot of coaches as well. He's just, he's an amazing football player. But explain to me what you see that's different than what other quarterbacks see. You went to Princeton. Like, you know, so your, your IQ is not questioned, but football IQ... This is, this is different what Brady's doing, but I'm trying to understand when you're out there, can you teach what Brady is doing? Well, obviously the experience helps him. He's been in every situation imaginable. He's seen every front. He's seen every blitz. He's seen every coverage. 
over and over and over again in practice, in games, in every situation. So he's a smart guy. He cares a hell of a lot about football, so he studies it. He remembers the experiences. He learns from the experiences. He loves the game. No stone is unturned. And then I do believe, as my dad used to say, when you come out and the doctor whacks you in the behind, some some guys have some of that stuff in them. So he has some instincts that are that are born, and then he's incredibly well prepared, and he loves it, and uh, he just processes the game, processes the game so quickly. If you watch him play, he knows exactly where he wants to go with the ball before it hits his hand. Boom, 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 it's out. Boom, 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 it's out. Boom, 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 it's out. And he does that over and over and over again. And uh, he's just, he's a rare human being. There's no doubt about that in my All right, mind. Give me a complicated play you had in Dallas. So you, you send the, the, uh, the play in, and then I'm, I'm going to get it from you. How about you give me two? Because did you would, would you normally send in two plays, and then depending on what was happening at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, a lot of different versions of that. You have these things called kills or check with me. Yeah. Or all right, so all send that. something in to me. Uh, how about explode the gun, bunch right, motor, scat right, triple seam burst, kill 32 post. How many options do I have off that one play? Well, one's a pass play. It's a shift and then a motion, and then it's a pass play. And then if you don't like the look, you say kill, 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 and we're going to kill it to a running play. So that's kind of a basic run, pass, kill type thing. This is kind of predates the RPOs. Okay. Give me, a sim- give me the simplest play call ever that you would call. Uh, Emmett Smith is the leading rusher in NFL history. His favorite play was I right, lead, draw right. <laughs> and he's the I. Well, he's, he dots the eye. Yes. We're going to run lead draw. Daryl Johnston leads up on the Mike linebacker. We block the guys over, so we hand it to Emmett. He finds the holes, and he probably ran that play for about 10,000 yards in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those that you knew it was coming. You could tell the defense it was coming, and you got Larry Allen. It didn't matter, right? Yeah, well, Larry Allen, a lot of other guys. And then when you have Michael Irvin outside and Alvin Harper and Jay Novacek and Aikman's your quarterback. There's a lot of weapons. Do you got a Michael Irvin story for us that's okay for this show? I do. I do. Okay. Um, Michael Irvin's one of my favorite people ever. And uh, Troy Aikman threw a lot of balls to Michael Irvin in the games. That's why they're both in the Hall of Fame. I threw a lot of balls to Michael Irvin on the side in practice and in in workouts leading up to practice. And – so it was, it was July, and uh, the time leading up to training camp, and this was the days of voicemail, and I was away, and I get back on a Sunday, uh, probably four days before we go to camp. And I literally have 10 messages on my machine from Michael Irvin saying, Red, as soon as you get back into town, meet me up at, at Valley Ranch. As soon as you get back, into, it doesn't matter what time. So it's, it's literally like 7 o'clock at night on a Sunday night, and just call it July 12th. And, uh, and so I go up there. And uh, we used to do these things called metabolics. Ten routes. You, you run ten straight routes. You jog back between the routes. You take a two-minute break. You go to the other side. You run ten routes. And leading up to training camp, you would work your way up to five sets of metabolics, 50 routes. So 50 throws for me, 50 routes for him. So I get up to Valley Ranch, the practice field. It's still literally 100 degrees out. And Michael Irvin's waiting there for me. He's got his shoulder pads on. 
He's got a weighted vest on. He's got a weighted girdle. He's got his helmet on. And that old Walter Payton mouthpiece that he used to wear, he's already warmed up. He's ready to go. He's like, Red, you ready? And so we had thrown enough balls uh, through the years that we really didn't even have to talk to each other. We knew what was next. And so I dropped back, boom. I dropped, boom, boom, boom. There's his 10 routes. He sucked down two Gatorades, go to the other side, do it again. And all the while, he's running the routes full speed. He's jogging back. He's trying to get ready to be great. And so he does this. One set, two sets, three sets. I'm throwing. I'm dropping back. It's not that hard for me. He's running the routes, finishing the routes, doing the whole deal. Fourth set, fifth set. We finish up. He's running nine route, a go route down the field, and he's jogging back. And I just shook my head. It's 100 degrees. It's 730 on a Sunday night on July 12th. I said, if you want to be great, you want to be a Hall of Famer, this is what you got to do. As I see this guy come back in his shoulder pads, his helmet, his mouthpiece, his weighted vest, his weighted girdle. I'm like, wow, this is what it takes. And for all of Michael Irvin's craziness, yes. his teammates saw this every day. And that's why he was so well-respected, the best teammate any of us ever had. I was hoping for a different kind of Michael Irvin story, but that's okay. I'll give you the greatest Michael Irvin line. He was getting into trouble a little bit once, and uh, I don't want to get into the specifics of what it was, but he once told <laughs> He once told Jerry Jones, boss man, I was just trying to do the wrong thing the right way. <laughs> That's also his greatness. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to do the wrong thing the right way. Oh, that's good. Hey, have fun. Good luck this year. Yeah, thanks so much. Great seeing you. Thank you, bud. That's uh, Jason Garrett. Uh, football. Uh, Football Night in America, and they've got the game tonight. It'll be the Raiders and the Jags. Uh, yeah, that starts uh, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Yeah, Paul. I had the feeling the T-shirt's already uh, in yeah. production. I'm just trying to do the wrong thing the right way. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The all-electric EQS sedan from Mercedes-Benz is luxury and innovation on a truly magnificent scale. It's not just the flagship of the Mercedes-Benz electric lineup. It sets a whole new standard for all luxury electric vehicles. You're going to marvel at this epic 56-inch touch-sensitive hyperscreen featuring self-upgrading next-generation AI and a beautiful, intuitive interface for both driver and front seat passenger. You'll experience next-level comfort in an exquisite spacious, near-silent cabin that makes this flagship feel more like you're piloting a spaceship. And you'll appreciate the graceful aerodynamic design that almost completely eliminates drag for an outstanding operating range of up to 350 miles on a single charge. The EQS is an object lesson in just how far electric mobility has come. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Take a test drive. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQS. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. 773DP Show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle the DP Show. Before we get to Rebecca Lowe, the uh, host of NBC's Premier League coverage, Premier League Live, uh, Seaton, the poll question from the first two hours is: We got a couple of them going, Dan. Uh, we've got which team had a weirder 2021 season, the Raiders or the Jaguars? Right now, 59 percent say the Jaguars over the Raiders, and then we also have: Does your significant other tell you how to cut your hair? Yes or no? 80 mm-hmm. percent say no. All right. I didn't mention this. The Danettes did. I came in. Obviously, I look different today. People think that maybe Steve Kerr has taken over as the host, and it's not. It's me. Um, My wife reached out to the person who cuts my hair and said that she wanted it cut a different way than I did, unbeknownst to me, and this is what I'm left with. 35 years of marriage, and it's teetering on the brink right now. (laughs) Can you imagine going into divorce court? So uh, do you guys need mediation? Did you guys try to work this out? Judge, look at this. Look at my hair. Irreconcilable yes. difference. Yes, it is. Yes, Paul. 
Um, if some people are comparing your look today to uh, Michael Douglas and Falling Down, if you remember that film, if you got like a short sleeve shirt, a baseball bat, and a tie, you might be able to do <laughs> Falling Down too. Uh, this in from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Uh, Roger Goodell will not personally handle the Deshaun, Watt, Deshaun Watson appeal. He will designate someone uh, not with the league office to handle this. What's he going to do? Walk down Park Avenue and go, uh, hey, Tommy, you want to go hear this Deshaun Watson uh, case? Didn't they already do this with the judge? Oh, I'm confused here. Let's get to Rebecca Lowe. She's got things to do. NBC Sports Premier League host ahead of the uh, season kickoff. Why, why does this say the season lickoff, Todd? Oh, that's a mistake on my part. It should say kickoff. It says the season lickoff Does it really tomorrow say that? afternoon on USA Wait, Well, the K and the L are very, they're right next to each other on the keyboard. Paulie, am I being serious? No, it's on the prep sheet. It, it definitely says lickoff. The lickoff. It's a very special soccer it, match. Now, I, you know I don't understand all the terminology with soccer in the Premier League, Rebecca. Is this a lickoff tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, new, it's a new thing. It's a lickoff. I mean, I would go into detail, but your, your, your show is at the wrong time of day. Okay. But it's like, you know, the, the derby. There are certain, you know, words that I yes. use that I'm not allowed to use. And it's not yeah, derby, it's a derby. Yeah, unless you're me on the Kentucky Derby coverage where I was so good up until right at the end. And then a derby came out and I was like, in my head, all I could see was my boss's face. I was like, oh, no, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. The uh, the Kentucky Derby, you called it? Uh, oh, I did. That's I did. all right. I did. It's not okay, is it? It's not. I'm an American citizen, Dan. You know that. <laughs> I need to do better. Uh, you're in your kitchen. Did you do all the dishes or all the dishes? Well, I, <laughs> I logged into you guys and I was like, okay, I'm going to be two minutes. I've just got to undo the dishwasher. It's the last week of school holidays. A lot going on. Childcare. I mean, there's just a lot going on in this. Okay. Kitchen, so all right. All right. Uh, we, we appreciate you joining us. The one <laughs> big question you have going yeah. into this year with the premier league this season is what? Ooh. Is Manchester United or are, I should say, are Manchester United going to redeem themselves and return to a club worthy of their history? Or are they going to continue where they've gone for the last nine years of our coverage, which is fairly abysmal? I have the odds to win the Premier League, according to DraftKings. You want to guess the order? City. City. Uh, Man City. Liverpool. Yep. This next one's interesting. I'm going to have to probably go Chelsea. Nope. Tottenham? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Then, then they Chelsea. A lot of money. And then okay. Manchester but, United. Really? And then Arsenal? Yes. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay. Well, I mean, you never know. They spent a lot of money too. But yeah, United's fifth favorites. I mean, that's not where Manchester United should be. So my big question, they've got a new manager. He's already got a big problem with Cristiano Ronaldo, who wants to leave, but nobody wants him. Um, Why he, does he want to leave? Because Manchester United didn't qualify for the Champions League, so they're not going to be playing at that top echelon of European football. And Cristiano Ronaldo cares a lot about appearances, goals, and, and assists at uh, Champions League level. He's played it every season of his career. He does not, at the age of whatever he is, 37, want Messi to overtake his records. That's really now what he cares about, and United aren't playing in the Champions League, so he'd like to go. But I'm wondering about this, that I don't know if we talk about good teammates in the Premier League, like we do in our sports here in the United States, where, hey, he's not mm. a good clubhouse guy, he's not a good mm. locker room guy, or he's a yeah. leader. Ronaldo seems to be 
about Ronaldo, but 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 can that is that a wrong wrong way to define Ronaldo? I th- I think you're not. I don't think you're wrong, Dan. I think as the years have gone by and he gets to a, a, an age where he's running out of time, he becomes more about Ronaldo. In England, our phrase is, are you bigger than the club? Nobody is bigger than the club. And in Ronaldo's case, there's an argument that he is bigger than Manchester United and he knows it. And he has not been a good teammate. In fact, he played, I think, a few minutes in a game on Sunday in a friendly and he left the stadium before the end of the game. The new manager is not happy. He's had words with him. And, and this is not a good way to start a new season. But you're right. Ronaldo at the moment is about Ronaldo. Could you see a salary cap with the Premier League? No. No, I can't. I think, I think it would stop certain players coming. It would change the whole face. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't think that will happen. I think it's too successful. Why change something? I mean, I don't get me wrong, 500,000 quid a week is insane. But it's, it, um, they're the best in the world. They're the best in the world at what they do. You've got to pay them the best in the world at what they do. And that's okay. I think that's okay. I just want my my uh, squad, uh, Leeds United, to have a chance. Sorry, sorry. I thought, sorry, my bad. I, for many a year, I really thought you were a hard and fast Manchester City fan. Now, did that change? Well, I was Leicester City. Oh, Leicester, I remember. Leich- okay. yeah. hey, so look, you were Leicester. Look, you, okay, now you're going to mock me, and I didn't mock you about the Kentucky Derby, and I said <laughs> Leicester City, and you go, Dan, it's Leicester City. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I have to. That's now, it's not job. like you um, said, oh, this horse is going to win the Kentucky Derby. Like I, <laughs> like, like I did Leicester City, I got them winning the Premier League. Yeah, I know, but it's so fun. I have to mock you. It's just what we do every time I come on. Um, Leeds United, is that because they have an American manager? Is that why yes. you like them now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the now, documentary. You... I watched the documentary. Okay. Great. Um, brownie points. I do think that that manager, there is a chance he may not be there uh, come the end of November. So you may have to have a reevaluation because don't forget the World Cup is coming. Yeah. So there's a six week gap that's never been, which is going to be the six week gap is going to be the time where owners are like, OK, we've got six weeks. Let's fire the manager. Let's go. So he he's got a tough one. He's lost a lot of good players, Jesse Marsh. I think you may have picked a dodgy one. I'm not going to mm. lie. Well, I can yeah. I can go back to Leicester City. You can. And I'm sure there was a Manchester City in there one year between there was. 2013 and now. Yeah. There, there yeah. was. So you, and that's okay. You can flip between. That's, that's, that's corporate. Okay. That's too corporate. Yeah. I don't want to be corporate. <laughs> <It's true>. uh, <laughs> Christian Pulisic, how important is yeah. this season for him? Um, it's, it's massive, but it's concerning. He, he, I'm not sure he particularly wants to be there anymore. His dad came out on Twitter at the end of last season, sort of hinting that Pulisic wanted out because he wasn't starting games. But the guy gets injured a lot. So... It's difficult to get a run in the team because he gets injured. And then it's difficult for the manager to know whether or not he can trust him. So they've bought a few players which will challenge his position, Pulisic. And he, he's fine for the World Cup. Obviously, he's a shoe-in for the U.S. men's national team. That's not a problem. I, something big has to happen. He has to have a brilliant first couple of months of the season for him to come off the table of conversation. At the moment, he's on the table of conversation, as in, is this going to be his last year, A, at Chelsea and B, in the Premier League? We're talking to uh, Rebecca Lowe. She is the host of NBC Sports, the Premier League coverage, and the season licks off tomorrow. On okay. USA. <laughs> Hit the wrong letter. <laughs> Very licky. Yes, yes. It yeah. licks off. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll be licking off in the studio. No, no, no. Actually, no, 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 no. Carry on. 
Fritzy, <laughs> Fritzy is very dodgy. Is so dodgy. Yeah. So dodgy, by the way. So so dodgy. Yeah. Um, the reaction to um, the Saudi investment fund buying Newcastle, and you have the live live tour. Like, is there any kind of moral compass that's pointing towards the the Premier League going? What are we doing here? <clears throat> Yeah, but I feel like that for Newcastle United, who are owned by that group, they're delighted that Liv has come along because Liv Tour is now taking all of that <laughs> yeah. flat because Newcastle, I think, were bought in, I want to say Christmas time-ish, and they took a lot of flat. There were protests. There were all sorts of problems. There was lots of the other clubs getting angry, saying what's going on here, and they kind of rode it out, and then Liv came along. So they're delighted. So at the moment... And I wouldn't say that football's moral compass is particularly strong. It comes out every now and then. Um, at the moment, we've all just forgotten about it. Newcastle United, how it, you know, th- this is what happens. Everyone moves on to the next thing, and the next thing is live. So Newcastle are going about their business, spending their money, and looking good this season, by the way. And that's going to be the story, not who they're owned by. But couldn't they spend whatever they wanted? They, they could no, buy- no. There's a, there's, a, there's a cap. There's a financial fair play. You have to... You have to spend, uh, there's a certain ratio with what goes out of the club and what comes back in. So you can't spend a billion and only take in 200 million. You can't do that. You used to be able to when Abramovich turned up at Chelsea and even when the city owners turned up, you can't do that anymore. It's called financial fair play. So they don't, they try not to let that happen. So Newcastle have a little bit of a cap. Add on to that, they have what's called a Newcastle tax. So if, you, if Newcastle go to a club and say, I want to buy your player, that club's going to chuck on another 10, 15 million because it's Newcastle and they know they got the money. Kind of a luxury tax like we have in yeah. the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did they take away Abramovich's uh, yacht? Did he lose his yacht? Uh, I think the yacht is still moored somewhere, but I mean, I don't think he's been on it. I mean, where is it? Don't know. Nobody knows where he is. Don't know where the yacht is, but I think the yacht is still in his possession. Yes. I miss that. The football. Football club, though, of course, owned by another American. You guys are obsessed with the Premier League, Dan Patrick. <laughs> you started it all. You and me. Yep. That's what I'm saying. But is there a is there pushback though from to, to, from from, from Americans, Americans owning and coaching and where are no. we? Okay, so we are a lot better than we were. So now, because Liverpool are owned by really good owners and John Henry and the Fenway Group sports group um and it's gone so well and their recruitment has been brilliant and they've won tons of trophies the perception of american owners has changed that thank goodness because at manchester united there were problems at arsenal there have been problems um but that that perception i would say led by the liverpool ownership group has changed um so no there's no pushback on the new owners of chelsea todd bowley seems to be doing a good job so far he's made some big changes he's very hands-on he comes with a good reputation so so far, no pushback. Uh, in terms of coaches, yes. And that's because we can hear them speak. We don't really hear Todd Bowley speak. But when a Jesse Marsh talks in Jesse Marsh's accent, which is your accent, it's so unusual still. It's a bit like when I started my career as a woman. When I spoke, I mean, I was just absolutely hammered. I was just abused like you wouldn't believe because it was jarring to the whole generation of football fans. Mm. It's the same with Jesse Marsh. When he speaks and he talks about offsides, plural offsides and we're trying to tell him it's offside you know and there's a few things i mean he's trying bless him and i don't want him to change he is who he is and he knows the game inside out it's a brilliant coach but unfortunately there will always be as there always are in life people who don't like new things right 
Does your son, Teddy, have your accent or your husband's? So he's a hybrid and he definitely says banana, but then he'll say other things in an English accent. He will use American words. So we now are talking about trash. We're talking about trunk and candy. Um, as so opposed to, uh, what, are, what are your as words? As opposed to rubbish. That's what we, are you going to put out the rubbish? Not the trash. And the boot is, is the boot, not the trunk. And sweets not candy. So he has like a whole different vocabulary, mm -hmm. but I want that. I don't want him to be different. So I'd like him to be American. Um, but he does have the odd English thing, which is going to cause him problems, I think, at school, because people are not going to know what he's talking about. And in <laughs> fact, I got, I, got, <laughs> I got the list for back to school items that I'm supposed to buy for him. I don't know what any of these things are. You guys have a whole, I'm like, what is a pencil box? Wait, that is that wait, run them by me. Run them by me that, that okay. you don't understand. So you guys have, well, we call... Should I go down this road? You call erasers erasers. We don't call those erasers. You call them something else, Dan. Wait, and we call them something uh, that I'm, like I'm not, er not going to talk An eraser? Uh, yeah. Oh, did you say eraser? Okay. Er eraser. Okay. Er yeah, okay. Eraser. So, so what do you call yeah, it? Now, well, am I allowed to say that? That's yeah. the question. Yeah, you okay, can. So we, because it's what we call it, right? Yeah. So we have a pencil and on the end of the pencil, we have a rubber. A rubber. Correct. Okay. So, so, so if, so if, if that's, if you're giving him rubbers, going back to school, six. <clears throat> you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You know, well, parent teacher conference. Dan, trust me, I went to Target and asked where they were. Has anybody seen my to. rubbers, mommy? <laughs> oh, it's Any other advice? What, anything else that I can help you with? No, it's just everything is just slightly different. So, you know, what is the blacktop? They said, oh, when you come to school, you can't run, <laughs> but you can run on the blacktop. What is a blacktop? Is it a playground? Nobody yeah. knows. The, the top of the asphalt is black. It's the black top to the asphalt. I love America. You know, you guys are so specific with the way you describe words. You know, like you go into a house and there's a rug on the floor. You guys call that an area rug. Like it's for an area. And then you don't horse ride, you horse back ride because you're literally on the back of the, it's amazing. When you make a cup of tea, you make it in a tea kettle, not just a kettle, it's a tea kettle. I love you guys. You guys describe everything. Black top, I love it. This is amazing. Do you regret, so do you regret becoming a American? Good luck with the licking tomorrow. <laughs> and oh, good, good luck buying your rubbers. Oh, God, I'm never coming back on the show. All right, at least you didn't say the W word. I didn't time, say wanker really good, this time. Did. I did not. I did <laughs> not. <laughs> See you later. Bye, Dan Bye. That's Rebecca Lowe, host of uh, NBC's Premier League coverage. I'll talk to her in a year or so. <laughs> Moratorium? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We should take a break with each other. You know, we, we should see other other people. I should see other hosts. You should see other TV people. That's good times. Yeah. What is a pencil box? <laughs> the the end of racer. I thought she was talking about razors. Yeah, and a razor. Uh, and a razor. And I go, a razor. Yeah, Paul. There's a lot of things like that. The first time I was in London, there was this real estate store, and they had like a bunch of apartments. We were in a pretty nice neighborhood. And it said like uh, 900 pounds or 900 euros. To let? Yeah. And, and I was like, 900 PW. I'm like, wow, 900 a month is, is pretty good for an apartment in this nice neighborhood in London. I asked what PW meant. 
per week. <laughs> so that means four <laughs> weeks times 900, and that's what the price is. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The brilliant EQE SUV from Mercedes-Benz available with digital light technology. So smart, even the headlamps are thinking. The vehicle's all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQE SUV. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 